Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Fake news. Mass manipulation. PSYOPs. That's going to be a fun conversation coming up at 35 past the hour. Jack Posobiec is going to be our guest. He is the senior editor of Human Events. He's also uh, with Turning Point USA. And we're going to have a conversation around uh, news stories designed to manipulate people's opinions. You know, recently, in fact, uh, His Holiness Pope Francis spoke about this very same topic, so we thought it'd be kind of fun to have a conversation around that. And uh, Jack Posobiec is going to be our guest at 35 past the hour. Uh, A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. It ought to be interesting. Nonetheless, nonetheless. Speaking of which... Uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Speaking of some people love him, some people mm-hmm. hate him, or speaking of interesting. Huh. Mm. Was that the outside voice again? Yeah, that's that's I, what I heard. I'm, I have a note here that says, uh, don't say things out loud that you're not supposed to. Well. So I'm working uh, on it. I am working on it. Noted. I'll, I'll make a note for you later. <laughs> uh, but no, even despite the fact that uh, somebody stole my uh, tailgate, yeah, it's what, still good to be what, here. What, what in the, I saw your picture yesterday on the Twitters. And uh, why did you remove the tailgate of your truck? Yeah. so You get better gas mileage well, with it on. I don't so know if you knew that. I, I saw it on Mythbusters. What I noticed is uh, someone really wanted my GRN sticker. That uh-huh. was on the bed. Uh, was on this tailgate of my truck. Yeah, and so they obviously like just really, really wanted a sticker, and they couldn't find one. So they really? took my whole tailgate. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they could have just asked. That's what I said. I was you like, know? if they had just asked, I would have given them a <laughs> dozen stickers. We we got a closet full of I bumper stickers for Catholic Radio. If you want one, we're happy to give you one. Um, yeah, that must have. That's a shocker, isn't it? Pain in the rear, but, you know, nonetheless, the it's sh- good to be here. shock factor of walking to your car and finding it violated, it's just no fun. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a hefty, hefty sum, but, you know, it it is what it is. Pick apart, my friend. Trying to uh, pray for me that I bear wrongs patiently. I know it. I need it. Yeah, amen. Yes, I am sorry to see that that happened to you, my friend. Uh, hopefully, God's will provide for you, and uh, you'll get a new tailgate soon for your for your truck. Uh, and for the person who felt like they needed it more than you, maybe just maybe they're tuning into Catholic Radio today. Amen. And hopefully they are using the sticker very well. <laughs> Someone, you're going to see the tailgate on the right, highway right. with the ripped off <laughs> Someone, sticker. Hey, wait, that guy has, this, has the same sticker as me. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. Oh, my heavens. Anyway, all right. Well, praise be to God. So uh, as I said, Jack Pasovic is going to be a guest at 35 past the hour. At 15 past the hour, there is a story. I, I put a video out yesterday on the third channel that we have now have on YouTube's uh, about the brand new appointment to the Pontifical Academy for Sciences, Jeffrey Sachs. Uh, that's going to be a story to talk about today. Um, so that and a lot more is coming up at 15 past in the What's Concerning Us. Not to mention in the next hour, for those of you that can join us, we of course will play our game Fear and Trembling and we have opportunities to win prizes And we would love for you to be a part of that. But uh, you do have to be a caller and a contestant when the time comes. So make sure that you're hanging out with us if that's possible. You can also watch live. 
hang out live with us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. I want to say thank you to uh, Jim Havens yesterday for the simple truth. I was uh, able to come back on his program yesterday. Enjoy hanging out with Jim. It was a lot of fun talking about, about my film, The Other Side of Fear. Um, and I was also interviewed by Abby Johnson this last week. And so I'm not sure when that episode gets released, but sometime soon, I'm sure. So uh, great opportunities to share about the father wound, my film, The Other Side of Fear. At any rate, uh, we're going to jump into this hour. We're going to be praying for whatever your intentions are, whatever your needs are. Please, please do uh, offer those up. If you're hanging out with us on the live video feed, comment with your, your prayer request, your intentions. We would love to include those in our prayer this morning. All right, so that's the deal. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines. Epic Times reports an NBA player accuses Nike of remaining silent over CCP's human rights record and forced labor. That's a good thing. About time. Big League Politics reports protests against vaccine mandates arise in New York City. A large amount of recently seen footage was posted to Twitter by the Columbia Bugle, including a time-lapse footage put together by RSBN Network showing just how massive a pro-freedom anti-mandate crowd is in New York City during the march. The slowdown clip shows footage panning through a seemingly endless line of marching protesters for about a minute and a half. Reuters reports gunmen kill 18 at mosque in northern Nigeria's Niger state. At least 18 worshippers were killed by gunmen who attacked a mosque in northern Nigeria during early morning prayers on Monday, local authorities and police told the Associated Press. The attack took place in Mazakuka village. The attackers, believed to be ethnic Fulani nomadic herders, were able to escape. Constant problem in Nigeria with these Fulani nomadic herders. Let's keep praying. Washington Times reports whistleblower Hagen says Facebook makes online hate worse. Facebook whistleblower Francis Hagen told British lawmakers Monday that the social media giant stokes online hate and extremism, fails to protect children from harmful content, and lacks any incentive to fix the problems, providing momentum for efforts by European governments working on stricter regulation of tech companies. Hagen told the Committee of United Kingdom Lawmakers that Facebook groups amplify online hate, saying algorithms that prioritize engagement take people with mainstream interests and push them to extremes. The former Facebook data scientist said the company could add moderators to prevent groups over a certain size from being used to spread extremist views. Facebook says it wants regulation for tech companies and was glad the UK was leading the way. The Hill reported New York Police Department Union sues city over vaccine mandates. The NYPD Benevolent Association announced the lawsuit by sharing the letter from its president, Patrick Lynch, on Twitter. Quote, this morning, 
The PBA filed our lawsuit in Staten Island State Supreme Court seeking to overturn the vaccine mandate announced last week, unquote, Lynch's letter read. He goes on to say, quote, We will also be filing a request for a temporary restraining order asking the court to bar the city and the NYPD from implementing the mandate while our suit is pending, unquote, he added. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio last week expanded the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate to all city workers, including employees with the NYPD. The city was also doing away with its weekly testing alternative to vaccines. City workers will be required to show proof of having received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine by October the 29th, and those who do not will be placed on unpaid leave until they do. The Hill reports Rust assistant director who handled Alec Baldwin's gun had been fired from a film set last or back in 2019. The assistant director who handled or who handed Alec Baldwin the gun that officials said killed a cinematographer on the set of his movie Rust last week was previously fired from a film in 2019 over a gun that was unexpectedly discharged and injured a crew member, NBC News reported. A producer who worked on the film Freedom's Path told NBC News that the assistant director Dave Halls was removed from the New York New Mexico set rather and later fired. The crew member who was shot reportedly recoiled and was told to seek medical attention by the onset medic. Three crew members on the set of Rust last week told the New York Times that there had been two previous accidental weapons discharges before the fatal incident. The three who spoke to the newspaper quit the film before the incident involving Baldwin. It's a tragic incident, but I think I may have a comment on that in the What's Concerning Us section. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day is Pope St. Averstus. He was born in the first century. St. Averstus was the sixth pope of the Catholic Church, succeeding St. Anacletus. Not much is documented about his life, but several sources say he was the Greek son of a Jew from Bethlehem. He became pope during the third year of the emperor Trajan's reign. Although historians cannot agree how long his papacy lasted, it is held that he lived long enough to see the beginning of the Antonine dynasty. Early scholars credit Averstus with dividing the city of Rome into parishes and ordaining bishops, priests, and deacons to oversee them. In his first epistle, St. Averstus wrote that seven deacons should monitor the preaching of each bishop to ensure the truth was being taught. Hmm, might be a good idea today. In his second epistle, he compared the bond between husband and wife to the relationship between a bishop and his diocese. Church tradition holds that Averstus died as a martyr and was buried on a Vatican hill near St. Peter. He is typically depicted with a sword because he was decapitated or with the crib because it is said he was from Bethlehem. He died in 107. Pope St. Averstus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? To what can I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in the garden. When it was fully grown, it became a large bush, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches. Again, he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch of dough was leavened. The Gospel 
of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Ignatius Catholic Study Bible says the parables of the mustard seed and the leaven describe the growth of God's kingdom, which begins small and unnoticed, but expands to sanctify the entire world. And sanctify is the word I liked in all of that. Praise be to God for it. But uh, Hadock quoting Ambrose today. Ambrose had so much to say on this particular passage today, but here's, here's a really ge- a good gem here from St. Ambrose. He says, quote, Our Lord was this mustard seed when he was buried in the earth, and he became a tree when he ascended into heaven, but a tree that overshadowed the whole creation, in the branches of which the birds of heaven rested, that is, the powers of heaven. And all such as by good works have raised themselves from the earth. The apostles are the branches to repose in whose bosoms we take our flight, born on the wings of Christian virtue. Let us sow this seed, Christ, in the garden of our hearts, that the grace of good works may flourish, and you may send forth the various perfumes of every virtue." He goes on to say, the flower represents us Christians who receive the Lord Jesus into the inner parts of our soul till we are all inflamed with the fire of his heavenly wisdom. Does the faith, does our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ inflame your heart? Is your your heart on fire? Boy, don't you wish and desire that your heart would be totally uh, consumed with the fire of the Lord all the time, every time? I know I do. I just know it's also not sometimes, and it becomes my prayer request. St. Cyril of Alexandria says, Or else the kingdom of God is the gospel, through which we gain the power of reigning with Christ. Ooh, I like that. As then the mustard seed is surpassed in size by the seeds of other herbs, yet so increases as to become the shelter of many birds, so also the life-giving doctrine was at first in the possession of only a few, but afterwards spread itself abroad. That is an incredible reality, to see uh, the church grow from such a small seed to encompassing the whole world. The difficulties in seeing those members of that body that wish it harm, the members of that body who wish it to change, the members of the body who wish its mission to no longer be about the salvation of souls. And yet it remains still its mission on this planet is to help those souls get to heaven. We are in the desert. We are headed to the Holy Land. We must cross the Jordan River, the waters of baptism, there to receive the Holy Eucharist. As the Exodus account was typology for that which was to come in perfection, the church, the church is for pilgrims. Let us be on the journey. Amen. We're going to go to break and come back with what's concerning us. Why did Pope Francis appoint Jeffrey Sachs? Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
GloryandShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryandShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryandShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryandShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Jack Posobiec is going to be our guest, senior editor of Human Events, and also with the Turning Point USA, former intelligence officer with the U.S. Navy. We're going to have a conversation around the news, around uh, manipulative news, fake news and psyops and all the rest. And it should be a very interesting conversation considering, you know, if you just look at his Wikipedia article alone, I mean, you're going to get a good laugh. I have no idea who wrote his Wikipedia article, but talk about manipulative news. His, his bio in Wikipedia is, is quite, quite entertaining. So that's coming up at 35 past the hour. There are a couple of stories in the news that are very concerning. I would like to comment on the Alec Baldwin story. I know it's kind of like, College is Joe. That was like all of four days ago, five days ago. Um, it's no longer trending. That may be true. That may be true. But I still think it's a story that I had been watching, probably because of the fact that I served in the U.S. Marine Corps. I'm a guy who likes to shoot guns. Uh, I have guns. I like to hunt. And uh, gun safety is obviously a concern. And there is a talk about manipulative news a little bit here. So I've got I've been watching several stories, uh, various outlets uh, talking about this particular story. And there's it's coming down to, you know, one side versus the other. And either you have the side that wants Alec in jail or you have the side that wants the assistant director in jail. That's kind of where it's coming down to. But here's where I see the bottom line. You've got an armor on set, and this was a, a, a young lady whose father is famous in the business. She learned the trade from him. She was a little nervous in, in the role. Uh, she was sort of brand new and, and running the, the show herself as far as an armorer goes on set. So you had that. Um, but then you had the assistant director, who I reported on earlier, who was fired previously for mishandling guns on set and has a reputation for not having good safety protocols on set. You got that character. He's the guy who handed Alec Baldwin the gun. And then you got Alec Baldwin. Okay, so the deal is he handed uh, the assistant director, uh, he handed Alec Baldwin a loaded gun. Now, that's the biggest question of the day. Why was there a loaded gun? Now, he called out, according to the director's testimony, he called out and said there was a cold gun on the set, which was supposed to indicate to everyone on set that the weapon is a prop that is not loaded and could not hurt anybody. 
That was what was supposed to be the deal. Now, there were actual bullets in it. That's what's the most troubling of all. I was watching an interview yesterday with a, uh, an armorer in Hollywood who has worked on big Hollywood films, and uh, he was saying the same thing. I've watched actually two or three of those types of interviews, and they're all saying the same thing. Why is there live ammunition on set? Why is there anything close to that anywhere near anybody? Where were the safety protocols? Essentially, they're supposed to hold safety briefings, showing the, the, the weapons to all the crew members and giving them, say, hey, you want to come check this out? You want to inspect this? Come on over here. I'll let you personally inspect this. You could be the key grip. You could be craft services. You could be anybody on set, and you would have a right to know the status of those firearms. That's part of the safety procedures on the set. And then, of course, if you had to show on film the loading of bullets in a gun, you would use dummy rounds, rounds with no black powder in them to put them in the gun. And so why would there live ammunition, why was there live ammo on set at all? That's a big first question, right? So we're all waiting to know that. It, golly gee whiz. Okay, then you get down to... He didn't, uh, this assistant director didn't uh, follow these procedures, so that's a definite culpability, definitely a, a culpable act in my opinion. But he hands a gun to Alec Baldwin. Now, in the Marine Corps, we were trained from day one, do not point your weapon at anything you are not willing to kill. That line has stuck in my head like, like it was carved in stone. I have taught my own children that role. Do not point your weapon at anything you are not willing to kill. You have to be willing to live with the fact that you're going to kill this thing, this person, this animal, or what have you, if you're going to point your weapon at it. So, rule number one is when someone hands you a weapon, you have to know the status of, of that weapon. you got to know if it's loaded, not loaded. What is it loaded with? Does it function? Does it not function? You want to inspect that weapon. You want to keep your muzzle discipline at the highest priority. Where are you pointing this thing? Which brings me back to Alec Baldwin. He's handed a weapon. He's told it's cold, and he trusts it. He doesn't question it. From an assistant director who has a reputation in Hollywood for not following safety protocols when it comes to firearms, who had prior incidents and was fired from a movie set, still he accepted it, never checked it himself. And then he broke another rule. He pointed it at the camera, which according to these Hollywood experts, these armors, say you never point your weapon at the camera. You always offset just in case, just to be sure. And he points it directly at the camera, pulls the trigger, and to his great astonishment and surprise, I'm sure, discovered the horrific reality that he had shot his cinematographer and his director. I wouldn't want to be Alec Baldwin to save my life, but I have to say, the buck stops with the guy pulling the trigger. You can't just blame your assistant director and call it done. Yeah, I believe he has a role and ought to be held accountable, but Alec Baldwin pulled that trigger, and he should have known before he pulled that trigger what he was dealing with, and he didn't. Now, I've also been told by, uh, or I haven't been told, but I have seen testimony and evidence uh, from some of these armors that suggest that they have worked on, on sets where the actors sometimes just trust what they're told and go with it, but the assistant director never does and always follows those safety procedures. So I'm sure it can go either way on these movie sets, but at the bottom line, the man who pulls the trigger needs to know why he's doing it, what he's doing, and who could be a potentially 
uh, killed as a result. So let's pray for, for the repose of the soul of the, the woman whose life was lost tragically in this situation. It's a very, very difficult story to be, to be sure. All right, I want to move on to a story that I talked about yesterday that I posted a video at, uh, about on uh, my Joe McClain YouTube channel on Jeffrey Sachs. Uh, yesterday, I read the article over at uh, National Catholic Register, but today I want to talk to you about the LifeSite News article. The headline goes like this. Pope Francis appoints population control activist Jeffrey Sachs to Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences. Um, Jeffrey Sachs does not have a great reputation when it comes to the Catholic faith. But here's a little bit of the article. Pope Francis appointed prominent abortion advocate and supporter of the United Nations climate change-oriented policies Jeffrey Sachs as an ordinary member of the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences in a move that has drawn significant criticism from concerned Catholics. Announced October the 25th, the Vatican described Sachs having been a regular visiting figure at the Academy for some time as a distinguished professor while highlighting his work in sustainable development by, but avoiding any mention of his support for abortion. The appointment prompted, prompted numerous Catholics to protest, with Bishop Joseph Strickland calling for the Pope to clarify his actions and restoring the faith media telling LifeSite News that Sachs's, quote, expertise is, is reduction of the global human population, an aspiration which squares perfectly with the naturalist worldview driving the radical, superstitious COVID agenda, unquote. Sachs was behind the United Nations Millennium Development Goals and is an architect of the pro-abortion and pro-LGBT Sustainable Development Goals, which <laughs> you should go read those, um, by the way. They are eye-opening, to be sure. Currently, the article says, serving as director of the Center for Sustainable Development at Columbia University in New York, the 66-year-old has been a favorite of Pope Francis since the early days of the current pontificate. In 2015, Sachs, no Sachs notably partnered with the Vatican to host and moderate a conference on climate change, a shared passion of both the Pope and the highly influential UN figure. However... As Elizabeth Yore noted at the time, the Economist's 2015 address was but the latest of, quote, over nine appearances and speeches at the Vatican's Pontifical Academy in the last three years, unquote. Since then, Sachs has continued as regular visitor at the Vatican, including four key events such as the 2019 Amazon Synod. Oh, Y'all remember that, right? Good old Amazon Synod back in the day, the good days before the crazy started. Oh, wait. There is always the, the Pachamama thing in the Vatican Gardens. That, that wasn't good. Or the processing of the Pachamama at uh, St. Peter's Basilica and the other church. That, those weren't good things. I tell you, what was good was seeing uh, Alexander Trugoil take those Pachamama idols out and casting them into the Tiber. That was a good day. Praise be to God. Beautiful morning. Enjoyed seeing that. Article goes on to say, a 2019 Vatican Youth Conference based on the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, a 2020 online conference on a new world economy, and Pope's 2020 launch of his partnership with the UN for Education. In a 2017 Vatican conference, Sachs yelled out at LifeSite's John Henry West, and quote, you're disgusting, you're disgusting, disgusting, unquote, in response to an article Weston had written in which he described Sachs as pro-abortion globalist. Well, is it true or not true, Jeffrey Sachs? 
are you for abortion or not? I mean, if you are against abortion and John Henry said you were, well, then I could see where you're going with that. But if you are for abortion and John Henry called you out on it and you simply respond with disgusting, is it because you think abortion is just really grand and good? Because according to the sustainable goals, you're all about reproductive health, which is a major problem. Because that flies in the face. Contraception, the ones that you want to support through your Agenda 2020 and your Sustainable Development Goals, uh, you want to perpetuate contraception throughout the whole world, especially poor countries, because, you know, those poor people, they simply can't, they can't live without us Westerners telling them, you know, when to have children or not to have children. But you've come to the rescue with your contraceptions, which is, by the way, against church teaching. The article goes on to say a former special advisor to current U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres on the U.N. SDGs and for Kimon when he was Secretary General Sachs has made no secret of his anti-life views. In fact, the National Catholic Register article that I read yesterday, which I'll be reading a part of in the next news segment, I think, uh, actually CNA questioned Sachs directly about his uh, views on contraception. And in that article, he actually says, listen, we're going to leave abortion up to each individual country, but contraception is something you definitely want to see passed out. Well, that's a problem. Why in the world? You can read the rest of this article. It's over at LifeSite News. There's a lot more to be read there. I think the point that I want to make in all of this is, college whiz, it doesn't seem like rocket science. Now, I, I'm grateful that I am not and will never be the Pope. I, I mean, backseat quarterbacking is easy to do for me, right? I don't have to walk a mile in the fisherman's shoes. I get that. I understand that. I can appreciate the difficulties that are involved that I, that I will never be able to uh, understand. However, it doesn't seem like rocket science. You simply don't appoint people with contrary viewpoints to Holy Mother Church and Catholic Church teaching, especially on the dignity of life, to the Pontifical Academy of Sciences. Seems pretty straightforward, but we'll be right back. More breaking news and stories coming up next. First John 2.27 reads, You have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing, the Holy Spirit that is, teaches you about everything. Sounds pretty Protestant, doesn't it? No living teaching authority and just me and the Holy Spirit? Was John Protestant? Absolutely not. And here are some reasons why. First, John can't be rejecting a living teaching authority because in 1 John 4, 6, he instructs his readers that the apostles' teaching is the criterion for discerning truth from error. So what does John mean? He's warning his readers against false teachers. In 1 John 2, 19, he writes, Some went out from us, but they were not of us. If false teachers, but then there must be true teachers. Sure, the Spirit teaches Christians the truth, but He does so through the living teaching authority, not apart from it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and this, this is your headline news. LifeSite reports United Airlines pilot leads COVID revolt, files medical freedom lawsuit with 2,000 fellow workers. Epic Times reports Biden administration announces vaccine rules for travelers into the U.S. Starting November the 8th, three new orders from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will be put into place, according to a senior admin official. The first requires non-U.S. citizens traveling into the country who are not immigrants to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and provide proof of vaccination status prior to boarding their flight. Officials say both digital and paper proof of vaccination will be accepted by international airlines. And this order includes narrow medical exceptions, exemptions for children under 18 and people from countries with less than 10 percent total vaccination rate due to lack of availability of vaccines. The Washington Times reports Apple once threatened to ban Facebook over Mideast maid abuse. Two years ago, Apple threatened to pull Facebook and Instagram from its app store over concerns about the platform being used as a tool to trade and sell maids in the Mideast. After publicly promising to crack down, Facebook acknowledged in internal documents obtained by the Associated Press that it was under-enforcing on confirmed abuse activity that saw Filipino maids complaining on the social media site of being abused. Apple relented and Facebook and Instagram remained in the App Store. But Facebook's crackdown seems to have had a limited effect. According to the article, even today, a quick search of the word maids in Arabic will bring up accounts featuring posed photographs of Africans and South Asians with ages and prices listed next to their images. That's even as the Philippine government has had a team of workers to do nothing but scour Facebook posts each day to try and protect desperate job seekers from criminal gangs and unscrupulous recruiters using the site. The Hill reports Liberty University threatened to punish students who reported being raped with conduct violations. ProPublica spoke to more than 50 former students and staffers at Liberty University and reviewed records from more than a dozen cases which accused the school of discouraging and dismissing students who came forward with allegations of rape, reporting that in some cases they said they were threatened with punishment for breaking the school's moral code, known as the Liberty Way. Three students who spoke to ProPublica said they were asked to sign forms upon reporting their rape incidents, recognizing that they could be penalized for breaking the school's ethics code. Potential infractions at the Evangelical University included underage drinking and premarital sex. A dozen anonymous former students filed a lawsuit in July against the university, alleging that the school did not help sexual assault victims. The National Catholic Register reports Pope Francis names Jeffrey Sachs to a Pontifical Academy. Pope Francis on Monday appointed the economist Jeffrey Sachs to the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences. The Holy See Press Office said on October the 25th that the Pope had named Sachs as an ordinary member of the Academy founded in 94 by Pope John Paul II to promote the study and progress of social sciences. 
Sachs, the director of the Center for Sustainable Development at Columbia University in New York, has had, has been a frequent visitor to the Vatican in recent years. The president of UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network also took part in the Amazon Synod in October 2019 and the Economy of Francesco International Virtual Event in November 2020. Sachs, who has served as an advisor to three United Nations Secretaries General, has advocated for a reduction in fertility rates in developing countries through the dissemination of contraception, a view at complete odds with Catholic Church teaching. And those are your headline news for today. Praise be to God. Joining us now via Zoom chat is Jack Pasovic. He is the senior editor of Human Events, a political news and uh, analysis outlet founded in 1994. He's also served with One American News and Turning Point USA. And if you read his uh, Wikipedia article, it is uh, even more entertaining than that. Um, welcome to uh, the program, Jack Vesovic. Hey, good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. God bless. Praise be to God. It's good to have you here. I, I, look, I looked at your Wikipedia article today. I, do you know who wrote that? Because it's, 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 it's talk about misinformation and fake news. It's quite entertaining. Yeah, it's 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 very despicable. It's you know pretty horrible what they do to someone who's a Catholic who stands up for Orthodox Catholic values uh, in America today. <laughs> I can I just read a little bit of it because I think it it plays. I, I'd appreciate if you didn't actually. It's something that's uh, a bit, you know kind of an issue with my you know with me with my family with a lot of people. It's, it's you pretty, got it. pretty 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 horrible. You got it. Do, I, so I only want to. I'd appreciate it if you just kind of maybe we just move past that. I won't read it, but I wanted to illustrate the fact that fake news is a problem and uh, lead that into our conversation. So the, part of what we struggle with is f fact from fiction, understanding what's true, what's not, what's manipulating and what's not manipulative. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we saw uh, the whistleblower come out of Facebook and, uh, you know, she was she was before uh, the Congress. She was now in the UK yesterday. She's sounding the alarm. And the result is we're going to have more censorship than we had before. Is What is going on here, Jack Pasovic? So the news that broke just a few days ago about this Facebook whistleblower operation, and I call it a whistleblower operation because that's what we're looking at, is that a lot of this now is being funded by Pierre Omidyar of the Omidyar Network. Who is Pierre Omidyar? He was the original founder of eBay has become extremely wealthy, and now he's going on to start the Omidyar Network. He works in close concert with groups such as Bill Crystal's uh, operations, the Democracy Fund, the Open Society Network, the Tides Foundation, and they fund numerous left-wing programs in order to, what he believes, stop conservative values, stop um, anyone who has an issue with sort of the global neoliberal order and fighting back for, really fighting for what I would call censorship of the open internet. So how, do, how does the average lay folk begin to sort this stuff out? I mean, it, it, I find it very fascinating that you know, we have Project Veritas videos of whistleblowers and undercover video, and it seems like they're using the same techniques in order to push an agenda. Is that really what's going on? Well, I would I would argue that it, they are not using the same techniques. A whistleblower, if you look at the whistleblowers um, like James O'Keefe, of course, gets or, you know, I had a whistleblower come out just two weeks ago 
with leaked audio from inside the White House regarding religious exemptions and a lawyer for the Department of Justice working directly for the Biden administration uh, claiming that that anyone who is seeking a religious exemption is insincere, even though they do clearly have standing under the First Amendment, admits all this, mocks people who are pro-life, mocks people who believe that uh, the abortion testing of uh, through fetal cell lines of some of these now mandated treatments uh, is goes against their religious beliefs, their closely held religious beliefs. But this whistleblower, you notice, she's not presenting any information that is not already public knowledge. She's talking about, well, uh, places like Breitbart News and One American News have not been censored off of Facebook. Play, people like conservatives and uh, Orthodox, you know, Orthodox Catholics have not been taken off the Internet. People who belong to groups like Turning Point USA or, or YAF or uh, the NRA have not been censored. She's not presenting information of a nefarious or duplicitous nature that the leaders of Facebook are up to. She is coming out and arguing from a political partisan basis about actions she wants government to come in and take, both in the United States and now in the EU, where she's testifying to take, to sh uh, really shackle the open internet. So this isn't a whistleblower. This is a political operation. And Facebook is welcoming that that uh, regulation. They want to be regulated. Why would they want that? Well, Facebook isn't caught in a bit of a trap because they know that life has been good for Silicon Valley for a long time right now. It's been the Wild West. But regulation is coming, and they know that, and they realize that even they aren't able to stop it. So what does Facebook want to do? The same thing any big business does in this situation. They, they want to be the ones who are in the room writing the regulation, how? So that the federal law will benefit them, will benefit large social media enterprises at the detriment of anyone who's trying to start up a competitor, at the detriment of anyone who's under, say, a million followers, et cetera, et cetera, so that they are able to write their, their own monopoly status into law. Hmm. Jack Bezovic is our guest. We're talking about uh, this whistleblower case, but censorship in general, I think, uh, we're seeing in a day and a time where the big three, you know, the big platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube in particular, but there's others, you know, TikTok or Instagram, what have you, um, where that messaging becomes more and more narrow. And, and, you know, anytime I watch a video on YouTube, a random video, then the next thing I know is it's all I'm seeing out of their algorithm is that particular video. But when it comes to news, all I ever see is big corporate uh, networks and their view on the particular news. Looking for alternative viewpoints has become a very difficult process. I have to search very specifically for that. Um, do you see that as an intentional? Do you see that as getting worse? Are there going to be any great alternatives to that? Well, I think it's quite intentional. You know, a great example right now and is this the case study of, you know, and I'm, I'm not a scientist, nor do I make any claims about the efficacy of this. But, you know, uh, when you had a podcaster, Joe Rogan. Jack, I'm going to ask you, though. I'm oh, sorry. I set that up too soon to the break. But hold that thought. We're going to go to a break real quick. We're going to come back. Jack Pasovic is our guest. We're going to take up right where we left off right there about uh, Joe Rogan and censorship. Coming right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? 
Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything, except the church. The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Jack Posobiec is our guest. He is the senior editor at Human Events. We're having a conversation around the whistleblower story, but uh, censorship in general. And Jack, right before the break, I set you up too soon to the break. I'm sorry about that. But you were talking about Joe Rogan's podcast. I was. And so you were the... The thing that's very useful for us and very illuminating is this, the fact that he was prescribed a therapeutic called ivermectin <laughs> and ivermectin of course is an antiparasitic but some doctors have attempted to prescribe it to people who've been dosing, uh, diagnosed in early stages of COVID-19 right but ivermectin of course is also something that the mainstream media corporate media has been attacking now again I, I'm, I'm not a doctor I'm not Joe Rogan's doctor I don't know the case but I do know that he was prescribed this medicine by his doctor however if you go and google Joe Rogan ivermectin what'll pop up is is thousands literally thousands of articles claiming that joe rogan took some sort of equestrian medicine that's intended for horses uh rather than obviously the human version of ivermectin which was prescribed to him by his own doctor that's the situation we're in right now where you can have something that if this has decided it's, it's not even political right it's like obviously you know you don't have to be a you know, a left-wing person or a right-wing person to, you know, take a certain medicine. But the fact that this particular subject has been decided by the corporate overlords to be politicized, therefore you cannot find through basic, uh, you know, these these mainstream search algorithms, the just information on what Joe Rogan did. And so that's why you're starting now to see parallel structures, parallel platforms, parallel economies come up in terms of this. You've got Rumble Video out there. You've got social media sites like Getter. Um, there are so many other, even parallel payment processors are now coming up because so many people are checking out of that system and they're sick to death of it. Yeah, but I feel like those, even though there all are alternatives, Rumble, BitChute, some of these, I mean, some, some they, they, they're the wild, wild west in many ways. And so going on there, you're just like, oh my heavens, it's like a fire hose of crazy, um, just to find the content you're really after. So there's that. Then there's the issue over, is the audience there? And I feel like even though censorship is a major problem, I mean, we, we have two strikes on two channels right now on YouTube. So third strikes and we're out. 
Uh, well, the audience isn't moving to these other platforms, it seems. Do you see oh, I, that? I, I, I've seen uh, with Rumble specifically, and you know, I'm, I'm not, not paid by them to say this, but you know, I see uh, uh, millions of people moving to Rumble. Um, and the engagement there actually is better than what it is on some of the other sites because the algorithm isn't throttling you down. Um, so I've actually seen, when I was with One American News, when YouTube started coming after them, um, they strategically made the move to Rumble. The videos all started getting more engagement because they wow. weren't, you know, putting the brakes on you over there. So you're getting millions of views on Rumble when you were getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. Wow. One thing um, that I wanted to bring out is, you know, we had this story come out with Dr. Fauci uh, recently about the whole uh, dogs. And then, of course, before the dogs thing, the, and probably more importantly, they had uh, about the Wuhan laboratory and whether or not China was ha- having a funding gain-of-function gain of research. Uh, the problem that I see is that in the media, what we see and what they call a conspiracy theory ends up being true a few weeks later. And it's a joke on Twitter that uh, a, a conspiracy theory is just a spoiler alert nowadays. Uh, so how do we like discern between what is these conspiracy theories and what are like, legitimate ideas that people are just calling conspiracy theories that are not crazy? Well, I think one of the biggest things and in, in the, the Wuhan lab situation that you know is something that i was one of the you know two years ago now almost um calling out i when i was in the navy you know i was a china guy by trade so you know i'm a mandarin linguist i speak and read fluent mandarin lived in shanghai for several years and um you know looking at what was going on we could tell very early that there was some problem in wuhan and then we started digging there what's in wuhan oh there's this laboratory what do they do oh that's interesting um and so when you look at that situation early, remember there was this huge, in the same way you're seeing with Facebook now, there's this massive corporate and uh, media push to tell people to stop talking about something. Whereas you're looking at it from a situation where you know you're not digging through the uh, uh, you know the basements of 4chan, you're going on NIH websites, you're going on Wuhan Institute websites, and you're simply go- tracking the data as to what's actually there. And so, you know, one thing that I've said, you know, on my podcast, um, we just hit a million downloads yesterday, number one, Apple politics, that it's have the receipts. If you have the receipts, the same way James O'Keefe always has the receipts, then they can try to do whatever they can uh, and try to call you whatever name under the sun. But at the end of the day, if you have the receipts and you can present them to the audience, then your track record will stand. And so tell me, is it crazy to, like, whenever the media comes out with things, immediately I think of, you know, Shakespeare when he says, that doth protest too much, methinks, uh, or the other way around, methinks thou doth protest too much. And uh, that's kind of the attitude that I have whenever the media starts shoving these ideas in my face uh, and starts telling me, oh, yeah, don't talk about this. Don't think about this. This is a conspiracy. This is that. This is that. Uh, all these ideas and, and telling us to do certain things, like you have to wear a mask. You can't celebrate Christmas. You can't do this. You can't do that. Whenever they start shoving these down our throat, immediately my red flags go up. Is it the right thing to do to be automatically skeptical of everything we see and read? Well, interestingly enough, the behavior of the media is quite common. Um, when if you compare this to the media in places like Russia or China, um, some of these areas of the world, uh, Turkey, Iran, etc., that employ what's considered regime media, it's actually quite 
quite similar and it's not very far off at all from what we see in the United States today. The only difference is uh, you're seeing some of these name brands like the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, CNN engage in this sort of regime media, um, you know, basically stenography <laughs> in some cases where they're not promoting um, a search for truth. They're promoting whatever the main regime line is on a typical subject of the day rather than, uh, you know, rather than say, oh, well, you know, it does look uh, quite strange. The Wuhan lab is directly located, uh, you know, where this virus started. And, you know, we have to ask questions about this. We need to get to the bottom of it. No, you, we weren't told that. We were told you need to shut up and you'll be censored from social media and Twitter and Facebook. And you're not allowed to participate in the election if, uh, you know, if, if, if you mention any of these things. Do you think that there's been a, an uptick or a change in the techniques of censorship and man, mass manipulation uh, as of recent? I was just thinking about the passing of Colin Powell. We covered that story last week and, you know, his infamous U.N. speech that laid the groundwork for the Iraq invasion. You served in the U.S. Navy. I served in the Marine Corps, by the way. And uh, But it seems like maybe back in those days... Uh, I was a little bit naive to to things going down in the news and and seeing you know sort of the reading in between the lines. And today, though, I mean, I just think of the insurrection. The word the insurrection gets used all the time in news articles and headlines, and and just on that one issue alone. Do you see that there's been an uptick, uh, a sort of a frequency change in using these techniques to push an agenda? So, prior to the advent of social media. Um, the, you know, essentially the government and the government's partners that were able to use these, there were limited sources of information to be able to create mass public consensus quite quickly and quite easily. But through social media, what you have was the democratization of information. It's, it's similar to, um, really the, the printing presses. If you look at the founding of America, how Thomas Paine and these guys would, and Benjamin Franklin, of course, very famously would, you know, start their own printing presses and be able to write whatever they wanted, even if the crown didn't like it. And they were sharing it in taverns and sending it around the country. And, you know, certainly it was all, they tried to shut it down. They tried to pass the Stamp Act and it was, it was pushed out, it was pushed out. So when you see these uh, technology, when you see these technology transfers go on throughout history, where media becomes more acceptable and more, uh, easy to use by the people, then you uh, at times also see the power of various regimes weakened. And then those regimes turn on those sources of information that are not under their at least direct influence or direct control. Well, we are living in very interesting times, to say the least. Um, and it becomes, I think, very important as uh, as lay faithful Catholic, but also just as citizens to be able to sort fact from fiction. What would you say is your best advice uh, for those that are that are reading the news, trying to stay up to date, but aren't sure about sources or topics. If something seems too good to be true, it probably is. If it's too on the nose or you've got too many people um, that are jamming something down your throat to make you believe, you know, a certain outcome rather than simply presenting you facts in a sober manner and giving you the details with which to examine a situation, then you really have to be careful about what you're looking at. Um, you know, did, did Alec Baldwin commit an, commit a, a, a serious mishap or was that just a tragic accident? Was, um, you know, was Derek Chauvin, was that, was that, that you know, manslaughter or was that homicide? Uh, or my favorite one now is, is, is Halloween a pagan holiday or a Christian holiday? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're going to cover that, I think, on Friday, right, Adrian? So that, that's, that's coming right. up. Um, real quick, before we run out of time, tell me about you. You have about a minute here, a minute and a half maybe. Uh, tell me about your, your documentary film on Antifa. Sure. Oh, and by the way, to answer the question, Halloween is clearly, clearly a Christian. <laughs> it is not pagan anyway whatsoever. Make Halloween um, great again is what I say. But uh, tell, uh, me about, tell me about your film. So the film, if you go to AntifaMovie.com, you can see it there. What I did with my brother, with a, a team from One American News and others, we infiltrated various Antifa organizations. We've infiltrated, including CHAZ, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which was set up in a six-block radius by armed militants in the city of Seattle, one of America's greatest cities in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they took this over and tried to institute their own country. We went in armed with, you know, cell phones and uh, GoPros. And the footage that we got out by spending night after night after night in this place is absolutely shocking. Wow. It's Lord of the Flies <laughs> meets uh, Animal Where Farm do we find that? very quickly. Antifamovie.com. You can Ant- see it right there. It's, it's feature length. And uh, it actually came out last year at Halloween. So it's the one year anniversary. Antifa film, Antifa movie. Antifamovie.com. Antifamovie.com. Jack Posobiec, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. God bless you. All right. That's going to do it for our number one. Praise be to God. Check out that Antifa film. Looks very interesting. I'm going to check it out myself. But we're going to go to a break. And for those of you that can join us in the next hour, we would love to have you. We're going to have a good news story for you. Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, and our game show all coming up, plus an after show in the next hour. Go on to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to hang out with us. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. My Protestant friends say the Catholic Church has added a lot of man-made traditions to the Word of God. Is that true? No, it's not true. Protestants go by the written Word of God alone or sacred scripture alone. Catholics go by the entire Word of God as it is found in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. All of the Word of God was originally passed down as oral tradition. Eventually, some of it was written down. This became sacred scripture or written tradition. However, scripture itself tells us that not all the things that Jesus said and did were written down. That's where sacred tradition comes in. Paul says this about tradition. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. Traditions taught by word of mouth and traditions taught by letter. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. In 1 Corinthians 11.2, Paul commends them for maintaining the traditions as he has delivered them. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. And what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is an instance in scripture of Paul commanding the passing on of oral tradition. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. They received as the word of God 
that which they heard, not simply that which they read in Scripture. In other words, the Bible clearly supports the Catholic Church's teaching that the Word of God is contained in both sacred Scripture and sacred tradition. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Uh, we just wrapped up a conversation with Jack Vasovic on the news, on uh, discerning fact from fiction in the news stories. A lot going on in our day and time, but we're going to have a great hour this hour. We're going to have a good news story for you. Praise be to God. Picked out, I think, a, a very inspirational story. That's coming up here in a moment. Then we have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Then we play our game, Fear and Trembling, where we get to ask you, dear listeners, to uh, to call in and potentially win prizes. Isn't that fun? Giving stuff away is, is a good time. We're very grateful to our sponsors who make it possible for us to give prizes away. So praise be to God for that. That's coming up this hour. And then, of course, in the second half of the hour, we have what we call an after show, where we conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about on our live video feed, which you can find over on our website, but we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, we're also on Odyssey as a as a backup and alternative. And you can find everything linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Speaking of linked up, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, good morning. What am I linked up to? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I just saw To your the, tailgate? Uh, to my tailgate. Ooh. Ouch. That Is hurts. that too much too soon? Too soon. Too okay. soon. Okay. Joe, uh, right now, yeah. yes, on Saturday, uh, somebody stole my tailgate. They just took it off. I know they were after my GRN uh, bumper sticker, That's which what was, it was on my tailgate. They probably couldn't get it off, so they just took the whole tailgate. I'm sure they're going to bring it back later yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as they get the sticker off. I try to, if, if I could get a hold of them, I would let them know. I'd give them one I, for free. We, we have extras. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, no problem, but <laughs> just, I don't know. They're, just ask. We'll I mail know, you one. I know. I'll go drive over there. Give it to you, man. That's right. But there you go, folks. So I had my tailgate stolen. But uh, I saw the most controversial and like horrendous tweet today. It was uh, oh no. It was today. Parents of all days. Parents deserve their have uh, children deserve their father and mother. Amen to that. I was like, wow, Praise so controversial. To God, that oh, should be goodness. a T-shirt. We should so make that into a T-shirt. I just think it's hilarious how you can just say like really normal things, right. And everybody flips out. Yeah, and it's like. It's really amusing to me because it's like you don't have mm-hmm. to do anything to be considered a radical nowadays. You just yeah. have to say men are men, and, I, and then that's no, it. everyone freaks out. Done. Yeah, put a fork <laughs> in it. Kind of funny. Done. 
You know, it's interesting because uh, I gave a talk once. I think I was in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. I was giving a talk at the Cleveland Men's Conference, and I shared my own testimony of, uh, of how my parents were divorced and how that affected me as a child. And I made the statement that kids want and desire their parents to live together under the same roof. Even if their parents aren't getting along all that well, they still want their kids living under the roof. They deserve their parents. And I, I, a priest kind of got upset at me about that, thought I was not being charitable to those families that find themselves in divorce and the tragedy of divorce. You know, and uh, so I had a great conversation with him about that. And, um, you know, I just reiterated that at the end of the day, if given, given, given the options, in fact, I had this conversation with Dr. Kim Buckle, given the option to uh, live in a broken home, uh, in or out, uh, kids preferred their, their family together, even if it wasn't ideal. They preferred it. And that's a reality that, uh, because it speaks to the nature of what marriage is and its foundation to support society. And I, I think we need to uh, make that great again. Amen. Praise be to God. Speaking of which, uh, Janice is here. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. Tell us real quick, really quickly, who's our sponsor this week in the game show? Uh, we have a great sponsor, uh, her, uh, Saint Shinary. So Saint Shinary, they have an Etsy shop and an Instagram account. Uh, Saint Shinary sells uh, stationary uh, prints and goods uh, with uh, saint images, hence the name Saint Shinary. Nice. Praise be to God. That's coming up yeah. at 15 past the hour. We're going to uh, pray, and then we are going to dive into a good news story for you. And then we will do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then it will be time to play the game. So be ready to dial the number, or if you want, go to our website and get the phone number there, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news story for today. Epic Times reports, Good Samaritans rescue distressed woman preparing to jump from a bridge in Massachusetts. Seeing a distressed woman who had climbed over a railing of a bridge in West Springfield, Massachusetts, a number of Good Samaritans stopped their cars and rushed to her aid, pulling her to safety and possibly saving her life. Civilians have since been recognized by Police Commissioner Cheryl Claprude and Springfield Mayor Dominic Serrano for their quick thinking and selfless actions on September the 24th. Their help came in the nick of time according to footage of the troubling scene captured by the Springfield Police Department's real-time analysis center camera, uh, which was also shared on YouTube. The woman had climbed over the railing of the city's memorial bridge and looked ready to jump before first responders could arrive. The first 9-11 call came in at around 9.45 in the morning, a press release stated. Noticing the woman, several compassionate drivers clocked the emergency and pulled over. 
They teamed, they teamed up to lift the woman over the railing to safety of the sidewalk by her arms and legs. Police officers and Behavioral Health Network BHN clinic clinicians soon arrived to take over, transporting the woman to an area hospital for evaluation. Co-responders and clinicians at the hospital further worked with the woman to provide her with care and assistance that she needed. Claprood commended the civilians for their incredible job working together to pull the distressed woman back to safety. Quote, I want to thank them for their selfless action today, unquote, she expressed. Sarno added his own statement of gratitude, hailing the civilians' quick and selfless actions that kept the woman safe until healthcare professionals could arrive. He says mental health is a serious concern. I want to applaud Commissioner Cheryl and the brave and dedicated men and women in blue for their continued and unyielding effort working with BHN partners in addressing mental health calls, unquote. Now, why do I find this inspirational? Because, you know, what was it, week before last, last week of that story of that train ride in Philadelphia and people didn't do anything to help that poor woman? I love to see the fact that these people came to her rescue at the right time. If she'd have jumped, the worst could be possible. Praise be to God that someone came to her rescue. And that is your good news story for today. The saint of the day is Pope St. Averstus, who was born in the first century. St. Averstus was the sixth pope of the Catholic Church, succeeding St. Anacletus. Not much is documented about his life, but several sources say he was the Greek son of a Jew from Bethlehem. He became pope during the third year of the emperor Trajan's reign. Although historians cannot agree how long his papacy lasted, it is held that he lived long enough to see the beginning of the Antonine dynasty. Early scholars credit Averstus with dividing the city of Rome into parishes and ordaining bishops, priests, and deacons to oversee them. In his first epistle, St. Averstus wrote the seven deacons should monitor the preaching of each bishop to ensure the truth was being taught. In his second epistle, he compared the bond between husband and wife to the relationship between a bishop and his diocese. Church tradition holds that Aversus died as a martyr and was buried on the Vatican Hill near St. Peter. He is typically depicted with a sword because he was decapitated, or with a crib because it, he is said to be from Bethlehem. He died in 107. Pope St. Aversus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. Jesus said, What is is the kingdom of God like? To what can I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in the garden. When it was fully grown, it became a large bush, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches. Again, he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch of dough was leavened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Ambrose said, Many think Christ is the leaven, for the leaven which is made from meal excels its kind in strength, not in appearance. So also Christ, according to the fathers, shone forth above others equal in body, but unapproachable in excellence. The Holy Church, therefore, represents the type of the woman, of whom it is added, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal to the whole was leaven. It reminds us of the mission of the church to leaven the whole world with Christ. Let us not forget our mission to go forth and make disciples of all nations. Adrian, what did you find? 
Yes. So if you want to see Cornelius Lopede's commentary on this passage, you have to actually go to Matthew chapter 13, because it's the same parable that's said here in Luke 13 as it does in Matthew 13. And so if you go back, he has the commentary there. In it, uh, one thing, it's actually quite extensive on the mustard seed and on the leaven. But one thing that I just want to point out is that of how does a mustard seed grow? It grows, so it's a small seed, it's planted, and what happens to that seed? It spreads out, and it creates this huge shelter where animals can go into and use for their livelihood to find to have protection, to find food. It provides for those animals, for the birds that hide in the mustard seed and the mustard plant. So, how does this analogize to the Catholic Church? Well, uh, the great St. John Henry Newman actually talks about this exact thing. He points out of what he calls the organic development of tradition, right? So he says the seed of the church is planted. And when the seed of the church is planted, it starts to grow and expand. And so all these things that you see, the Immaculate Conception, the Assumption of Mary, all these things that may not be explicit in Scripture, find its roots with the origin of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everything that branches out from it is not a separate thing from that original seed. Instead, it is the flourishing of that seed. And it is under that tradition, that seed that's been planted, that's spread out. It's under that seed in which we find our salvation. We find our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We find the true church that is present there. And so the seed we have to see is like, is our Lord, Jesus Christ. And what did our Lord Jesus Christ do? He founded a church and that church gave us the Holy Scriptures that church gave us the traditions of the church. It gave us all the things that we have today. These things that, I mean, in the, during the break, we had the commentary from, uh, from our friend uh, the, that was talking about the traditions of the church. Are these traditions of man? No. Why is it not the traditions of man? Because it is like a budding tree, a budding plant that spreads its roots deep down into the earth and has its roots something that takes, cannot be uprooted. And when it spreads... It has such beauty, such greatness. We look at the early church, you would look at it and say, oh no, those churches, they had mass inside of houses. So does that mean that we should have mass inside of houses? No, why not? Because as the church grows, as the church develops, as we have the organic development of tradition, we recognize and have the means to provide greater glory to God and give greater glory to God. And so we give the utmost that we can to him out of love for God. And so that way we may know, love and serve him in this life and be happy with him in the next. Yeah. Praise be to God. Oh, by the way, you can find some cool images of some of the earliest known house churches uh, from Syria online. I have to look those up again. It's been a long time since I looked at them, but they are incredible. Uh, not just because they have altars and baptismal fonts, but just because of the fact that it's so old and it goes way, way back. At any rate, Ambrose said, But we are the meal of the woman which hide the Lord Jesus in the secrets of our hearts until the heat of heavenly wisdom penetrates our innermost recesses. And since he says it was hid in three measures, it seems fitting that we should believe the Son of God to have been hid in the law, veiled in the prophets, manifested in the preaching of the gospel. It is an amazing thing to think. Uh, the gift of the Lord to the whole wide world, you know, sort of cooking over time and coming to its perfection now in Holy Mother Church and the preaching of the gospel. Go and share the good news. 
All right, speaking of which, it is time to play the game Fear and Trembling. And we are looking for our contestant right now, and you could be that contestant, but you do have to make a phone call to do that. Here's the phone number, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call now, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But what we need most is a phone call on the line right now so that we can play the game. First caller gets to be the contestant. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call now. If you've never played before, what an opportunity to play the game. And I'll explain how it all works here in a moment. If you haven't played in a while, you could try again. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Here's the deal. Uh, we have uh, three Catholic trivia questions uh, that we ask, but uh, the catch is we do not ask the caller the questions. So the caller 
could possibly not even know a single correct answer and still win the game. It's that much fun. And the reason why is because instead of asking them the questions, I will ask Janice and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence. Now, here's the deal, though. Just between us, okay? I do have a secret agenda, a hidden agenda. I just ask, I don't like to tell people this, so please, if you'll keep this between us, you and me, well, then I'll tell you what my secret and hidden agenda is. Number one, I like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you didn't know before. Uh, Praise be to God. Isn't that awesome? And then, of course, we like to have fun, and our contestants tend to be good sports, and they laugh with us, and we really enjoy that part. And then we also give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. So that is the deal. Those are the, that's how the game works. Now, here is the, the cool part. We do have a sponsor this week. St. Shaneri is our sponsor. They can be found on Instagram at uh, Shaneri. So think of stationary, but it's St. Shaneri. They're also on Etsy at St. Shaneri. You can find them there as well. Uh, they gave us a box set of St. Shaneri. The winner will receive a St. Shaneri set of six cards. Image is a depiction of the visitation. The moment when Mary meets Elizabeth with scripture quotes. Cards are blank on the, on the inside to write personalized notes or can be framed and displayed at home. Cards are 5 by 7 printed on high-quality cardstock. And the set comes with A7 brown craft envelopes. So praise be to God for that. Thank you, St. Shaneri, for your generous gift in uh, giving us a prize to give away this week. We're very grateful. All right, we're going to go to the phones, and we're thankful to everybody who called in today. Praise be to God. Martha, good morning to you. Uh, thanks for calling in to the show. Good morning. Praise be to God, can you Martha. Hear me? I can. I can hear. Can you hear me? Yes. Well, yes. Praise be to God. Now, where are you calling from, Martha? Uh oh. Martha, your cell signal is less than optional. Uh, Martha, are you there? I'm going to give you another shot. Martha, are you there? Martha, are you there? Huh. All right. We're going to give Martha one more second. If not, there's another caller we could go to. Uh, but hopefully Martha will come back. You know, driving and cell phones generally aren't uh, aren't all that fun. But let's go to uh, let's go to George. Good morning to you. Thanks for calling in our program. Thank you. I'm glad I got in. And, and what what's your name? My name is Rebecca. Rebecca. Well, praise be to God. It is uh, obviously God's will because Martha was on the line and she got cut off. So hopefully Martha will call back tomorrow and we'll get her on the line tomorrow. But um, uh, Rebecca, good morning. Where are you calling from? Good morning. I'm calling from Midland, Texas. Midland, Texas. The mighty Midland, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, Listening on KLPF out there, I think. Uh, Now, where do you go to church, Rebecca? St. Stephen's. St. Stephen's. Praise be to God. Are you familiar with the game? Do you know how it all works? I do know how it works, and I am familiar with it. All right, so you must have an opinion then. Who is who's the trickiest of all, Janice or Adrian? <laughs> I'm on your side, of course. I'm here to help well... you win the game. So out of those two, Joe is the trickiest. Which which just, just tell him. Don't just let listen, him know. Just don't let listen, him know. Rebecca. Don't be manipulated by by Adrian. Okay, which of those two are trickier in your opinion, Rebecca? It's okay. Can you I can plead the fifth. Oh wow! You all can right. just say Joe. It's fine. keeping all your options open. I see. All right. Are you ready to play, Rebecca? Yes, I am. We will go to Janice, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? 
Yep. Are you sure? Yes. Janice, can you tell me, what is the only relic that may be carried under a canopy in procession? Oh, the only relic that can be carried during a, a procession would be relic of the true cross. That was the relic of the true cross. It's my final answer. <laughs> okay. All right. Very confident. Look at that. Mm-hmm. The relic of the true cross. Uh, it seems reasonable to me, but let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what is the only relic that may be carried under a canopy in procession? Specifically under a canopy? Yes, under a canopy. Like, okay. for instance, when we have uh, the Holy Eucharist with us in procession, it's under a canopy. What's the okay. only relic that can mm. be carried under such a canopy? That would be the veil of Our Lady. Ooh. Mmm. Huh. Okay, uh, here's the deal, Rebecca. Adrian seems to think it's the veil of Our Lady versus uh, Janice says it's a relic of the true cross. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Rebecca, what say you? I'm going to guess with Janice. Very confident in that response. Survey says... Duh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, it's a relic of the true cross. Praise be to God. Uh, congratulations, uh, Rebecca. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. How do you feel? Yay! I'm excited. <laughs> Praise be to Jesus. That's good. All right, uh, but uh, let's see. I'm reading. Okay, I'm reading ahead here. I think these next two questions are fairly straightforward. Your chances are pretty good at a perfect score today. But let's uh, let's take it one question at a time. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me? Yes. Well, that answered that, I guess. Uh, no, let's ask. <laughs> uh, the The Immaculate Conception refers to the conception of whom? As free from original sin. Yes. That would be the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. She I was I, immacula. I think without I, stain. I think I've heard that before somewhere. Uh, but let's just check with Janice. Janice, can you tell me? Mm-hmm. The Immaculate Conception. It refers to the conception of whom as free from original sin. That would be ha- that would have to be Saint Joseph. Wow. Is that yes, right? St. Joseph was, um, a lot of people don't know this, but he mm-hmm. was also born mm-hmm. without original sin. Wow. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. Let's, uh, it's 15 seconds on the clock here, Rebecca. Here's the deal. Janice says it belongs to St. Joseph, whereas Adrian says it belongs to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's a, it's, it's a tricky question. 15 seconds. Who is right? Who is wrong? Rebecca, what say you? Adrian is correct. Did you say that out loud publicly? Could you repeat that real I, quick? I, I didn't quite hear you. <laughs> Some things go unsaid, Rebecca. I, I mean, we just... Yeah, it's, it's a little difficult to hear. I, you know, my, my headphones aren't working properly. Our survey says... I mean, yes, of course you're correct, but it doesn't mean we should say these things out loud. Adrian is correct. So, so risque, Rebecca. So risque. All right, but you are correct, I in fact. I know it. That was an easy one, right, Rebecca? That was pretty easy. Everybody, yes, it was. Yeah, praise God for it. It was. All right. You're in for two. You're in for two. Uh, so congratulations. It's It might be God's will that you win this week. I think we can get you in there for the third one as well, though. We're going to go back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me who poured oil upon Saul's head and declared him ruler in the Old Testament? Hmm, that's Samuel. Samuel uh, poured oil upon Saul's head and mm-hmm. declared him ruler. Mm-hmm. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Biblical yeah. fact. Yeah. All right. 
Um, let's just see if we can't get a second opinion on this one. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me who poured oil upon Saul's head and declared him ruler? Yes, that would be the prophet Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah? Yes. Uh, Isaiah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 What? It's like, you know, I've heard that before. Uh, who was the Fulton Sheen was famous for using that 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 version of the name. Uh, I prefer Isaiah, but whatever. Uh, to each his own Isaiah. Uh, all right, sounds so cooler. Here's the deal, uh, Rebecca. Uh, Adrian says it was Isaiah versus Janice says it was Samuel. The question is, who poured oil on Saul's head, making him king over Israel? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Rebecca, what say you? Ooh, I'm going to guess on this one. Um, I think I'll go with Janice. Are you sure? <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, Joe trying to trick you. No. I was, yeah, just, I was just wanting to know. Joe is a real tricky sure. one. That's No, I just, just wanted to know. Are you sure about that? That's all. But you're correct. Praise be to God. You got it right. You are on for three, Rebecca. Congratulations. You got a perfect score. How do you feel today? I feel fantastic. Well, good. Are you going anywhere special today? Actually, not today. I'm staying home from work to babysit my granddaughter. Praise oh, God. Her. That's awesome. daughter-in-law. Yeah, my future daughter-in-law is having surgery, so I get to stay home today and take care of my granddaughter. Well, have fun with that. Feed them incredible amounts of chocolate. Uh, that is the secret to good grandparentship. <laughs> don't, don't listen to Joe. Whatever you do. <laughs> it's my favorite vegetable. I don't understand. It is excellent for uh, your heart health. At any rate, God bless yes, you, Rebecca. I agree. Thank you for playing Thank our game you. and God being fun. Y'all. We appreciated having you on. We're going to put you on hold so we get your phone number, but have a great day. Thank you. Y'all as well. All right. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. We have survived it. Congratulations. Uh, praise be to God. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning for another round of Catholic Drive Time and a good conversation. Also, coming up in just a moment, we'll be doing the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, to talk about whatever's on your mind. You get to drive the conversation. Join us there. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where all the CDT insiders know the deal. They know all the inside humor, the catchphrases. They know the rules. Uh, So if you are new here, well, welcome to the community. We are grateful that you are here. Praise be to God. If you have never commented before, can I encourage you? Please comment for the first time. We enjoy our first-time commenters. Looks like Yvonne is a first-time commenter hanging out with us on YouTube. Praise be to God. Yay and amen.
Hallelujah, Yvonne. Thank you for your first time commenting. We're so grateful to have you here. The show is awesome, she says. I have only recently found it, like a week ago. Uh, to, uh, tuning, in, tuning in and sharing. God bless. Praise be to God, Yvonne. We're grateful for that. Especially you. for sharing. Yeah. Amen. Kathy, good morning to you. Says, uh, good morning, Joe and Adrian. Nice to be a part of Catholic Drive Time. Love to listen to you uh, all in the morning. Praise be to God. Kathy, are you a first time? Is he a first time? Is that a I return? believe so. Unfortunately, we have like uh, eight Kathys. <laughs> I know. That's so what I, I was get, asking. Yeah, that's what me too. I was asking I wasn't a, certain. a clarifying Kathy question yes. is what it was. <laughs> well, Kathy, we are grateful to you. Maybe we should start a, a separate Kathy club of the CDT right? Insiders. <laughs> Kathy club. I like it. <laughs> Praise be to God. Alec, go, Alaric rather. Alaric, good morning to you. Welcome back to the show. Praise be to God. And the Jeff Burrier clan. Praise be to Jesus. It's always good to see you guys here. Sienna said, I'm obviously trickier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about, Sienna. I am the uh, least tricky person here. Uh, mm. I am very, very clear. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Clarity. Clarity. Let's see. Uh, what are we talking about? He doesn't know either. Trust me. Yeah, um, yeah. Tammy, good morning to you. Clarissa, good morning to you. Mary Barone, praise be to God. Pocahontas, good to see you back. Uh, Becky Dominguez, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, three, two, one voices. Kimberly Sunderman. Good morning. Uh, she was a new commenter yesterday, day before. I, I guess forget. you're right. Yeah, that's right. Huh? Yeah. I just didn't even think God. about her being a new commenter since she's uh, a local favorite. A local, yeah. She yeah. comes by the station. Yeah. Good to see you, Kim. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Tammy, of course. We said. Uh, let's see who else is on here. Uh, who's on? Who's on Facebook? Let's see. You miss, did you say Clarissa already? On I YouTube? did. Oh, okay. I did. Clarissa, let's see. Sita is on on uh, Chris hey, Chance. Good morning. Lori is on with us. Praise let's be to see. God. Dawn, uh, Maureen. Thanks be to God. Jesus Robles, my good friend. Uh, let's see. Susan Weber, Gloria, Joaquin. Uh, Jesus said uh, that he said, "Don't worry, Adrian. We'll get him." Uh, the guy <laughs> who stole my uh, tailgate. Uh, thanks, Jesus. Uh, Buddy <laughs> is on with us. Sonia, Michelle. Uh, let's see. Patty was on with us. She took off ready, you know, as usual. She goes to mass. Praise be to God. And June Yabara. Good morning. We listen uh, to the show daily. Love the content, June and Isabel. Praise be to God, June yes. and Isabel. Thank you for listening. I don't know if you're still here. Let us know if you're still here. Amen. Uh, thank you for tuning in, June and Isabel. Uh, we got a lot of new listeners today. Praise be, so to God. praise be to God. Well, good morning to you. Well, thanks for doing it. Mike over on Odyssey. Thanks for hanging out with us, Mike. Praise be to Jesus. Always good to see you. Uh, Mike says, Hollywood has a problem. They perpetuate terrible firearms handling on screen and off and have no respect for the potentiality, the deadly consequences of their actions. This happens every once in a while, and they promise reform but do not seem to follow through. You know, and he mentions the Brandon Lee uh, situation, which I remember vividly. I mean, as a kid who was a huge Bruce Lee fan, I had high hopes for Brandon, his son, who was becoming a movie star, and then his tragic early demise on set with a gun. It was just like, what in the world? In his situation, though, it wasn't an actual bullet that killed him. It was just fragments lodged in the, in the barrel, and enough uh, of the uh, blanks caused those... I choose to believe in the conspiracies. The, enough of those blanks cl- caused the, uh, pro- the, the propelling of those fragments out and killed him. You know, I, as a Marine, we used blanks, and they're just basically uh, bullets with no bullets. They're, they're shell casings with no bullets in them, and they're crimped on the end. So where the bullet would be, it's crimped. 
And so it's missing that that projectile, and then you have a casing full of gunpowder. Now, it, I'm sure there's probably not as much gunpowder as it would be normally for a round, but nonetheless, there's gunpowder in there, and we, we use those in training all the time. In fact, we uh, one night, one time we were on the side of a mountain in uh, Camp Pendleton, California, for a three-day war game exercise, and my squad did a, a midnight raid of the enemy uh, camp. <laughs> and so as we raided through this camp with our blanks loaded in our M16A2 assault rifles, you know, we encountered these other Marines standing their, their watch and we fired at them at almost point blank range with these blanks. And the worst, the, the real danger in that um, is that the, uh, the, the powder could uh, burn them. You know, it can burn them. And so sometimes, like, it used to be a symbol of uh, pride for, like, the American revolutionaries when they fought, or even in the Civil War. You know when your soldiers fired their weapon because they'd have black smudges on their face from the powder going off. Um, so uh, a blank, especially with Hollywood standards, was 20 feet away. You, you shouldn't, you're not supposed to fire a weapon on set uh, at anybody who's, at, who's within 20 feet of you. Um, there's no possibility they're going to get hurt from a, from a blank is kind of the issue. And still, these accidents happen. So it's a, it's a tragedy nonetheless. Uh, Mike goes on to say, I'm tired of watching chucklehead actors walking through scenery with their, their bo- a booger, ho- booger hooks. What, what is that? Booger so hooks on I the asked bag. the same question. On the bag. <laughs> I don't even know how to read it. He said, uh, what, what is this? Booger, booger hooks? hooks on the bang switch. On the bang switch. Booger hooks on the bang. Mike, I said, is that some sort of coasty phrase? It must what be. Is that? It must be. I asked him, what is, what is that? Booger he said, finger on the trigger, LOL. <laughs> I, booger hooks on I guess, the bang switch. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think I understand it now. Booger hooks, maybe? That's maybe it's yeah. booger hooks. Like, like your finger up like, your nose. Yeah, you're, you're picking your booger. Yeah. Your booger hooks on the bang, on the bang switch. <laughs> There you go, folks. I'm gonna steal that. That's great. I was like, I was like, what on earth? Trig- no trigger discipline. No adherence to the basic safety rules. No muzzle discipline. Yay and amen. Thank you, brick wall. Thank you, brick wall. Brick walls unite. Ah, uh, oh, my heavens! The curse of Brandon Lee is responsible for his son's death. Yeah, I saw that movie too, buddy. I saw that movie too. It was one of my favorite Bruce Lee films. Ah, uh, you will laugh at this week's. Uh, at this week, I wished Patty a happy birthday, but I put my message on the wrong <laughs> comment bubble. Uh, hold on, hold on. The uh, the action caused Facebook to rebuke me, saying I was spreading false information. <laughs> That's hey, fun. That's praise fun. be to God. Our friend Kathy just commented on YouTube on the GRN side. Good morning, CDT Saints. I'm with you every morning. Just not able to comment. I love all your guests, Bible commentaries, trivia game. I learned so much more about my new Catholic faith through CDT. Praise be to God, Kathy. It's been a long time since we've heard from you. Uh, glad to know you're still listening and glad to know yeah. you're doing well. Amen to that. Praise be to God. Tammy says over on YouTube, I saw an interview last night with a woman who was in charge of handling the gun. She pretty much admitted to being inexperienced. Why would you hire someone inexperienced? Well, okay, so with her in particular, the issue with her is she is, her father is famous in the industry for as being an armor. Uh, I have an article here about her head armor on Alec Baldwin's set. Rust movie said she almost didn't take the previous job. Feared she wasn't ready, so she had, she she did a movie before this one, 
where she was nervous about the job, and then she says it went very smooth, which led to her next gig, which was Rust, unfortunately for her. But she learned the job from her dad, apparently. His name is Fel Reed, and he's, uh, he has a great reputation in Hollywood, apparently. You know what's trending on Twitter right now? Oh, what's that? Dr. Dog Killer. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's crazy. That's hilarious. Um, so, but here's, here's my response to, to this armor lady, who seems kind of crazy, actually. Like, I saw some, anyway, <laughs> disturbing. Uh, but the problem with her, I would say, is she's not the big culprit on this job. It's the assistant director and Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, who's the producer of the film, tolerated assistant director with a bad reputation in Hollywood for gun safety and he had people protesting on his set and he didn't he ignored those voices he took a gun he didn't check and he pulled the trigger at pointing it at a camera and it resulted in the death of this poor woman um buck stops with alec i think the two of them together ought to be held responsible for this situation uh why was the gun loaded though that's the big question in my mind. Why I in the world? I heard, uh, why heard in the an world? interview talking about how they, that this was, they were being incredibly irresponsible and some people in the prop department would take the gun out and was taking it out to go shoot. And so they had, yeah. so they put real live bullets in it and were shooting it uh, during their free time. Yeah. And they brought it back and yeah. they think that's how yeah. the bullet got in. Now, of course, we don't actually know yeah, if that's how the bullet got but, in there. But, but that's a reasonable the explanation. Fact, yeah, anyway. but the fact that they're taking it out like what kind of nonsense like that is the most irresponsible thing i've ever heard yeah. taking out a uh you're cutting us off yeah early. i know I, I just realized that and uh <laughs> yeah i just I didn't change uh, it utterly yesterday. insane isn't it yeah it, it's absurd it's I, absurd i've watched i probably watched three different armors or actors talk about this story and all of them repeat the same process as far as what what the procedures are on handling guns on set you know to the point well, where i've gone through that in theater yeah, to the point where when you are handed the gun, you, you, you clear it, you check it, you understand what's in it, you actually show every, every person on set. I mean, it's a pretty I've lengthy used blank procedure. I've in, uh, in theater performances before, yeah. and it's a whole ordeal. Like The gun is kept a lock and key. Only the director has a key to it. You unlock it whenever you need it for the scene, and then you have to check it before going through, and you show at least your stage director before going onto the stage that it's empty, and then you can go out. Because we were using guns in theater yeah. that had blanks in them. We yeah. used blank guns. And yeah. they are just they are real guns. They are real guns. They just have blanks loaded in them. Now, there are prop guns. I was watching one actor say they do have guns that are fake and do not and can never fire a real bullet. That does exist. And it's up to the armor and the assistant director to clarify as to what gun is which on a particular set and scene. Um, but this one, as we've stated had real bullets so it was real it was a real gun that was uh loaded with real bullets and 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 the tragedy is what it is uh, of course Lori powell's comment here is so point on point she's just so astute and intuitive and insightful Lori, you're talking about you're amazing you're are you amazing. talking about her quote saying uh, yep you are right joe unquote. i don't see that oh yeah i think it's brilliant it's so brilliant uh, Lori, mm. very insightful. Very insightful. Not seeing it. No, it's right there. It says, uh, Lori Ackerman Powell, mm -mm. quote, yep, mm, you not, are right, Joe. Not seeing it. Unquote. Nope, nothing mm -hmm. there. <clears throat> it's right there. Mm -hmm. Christopher Chance says, when my father was in the U.S. Army, he was almost killed when overseeing a gun training exercise. 
Apparently, a private turned to him while holding a rifle with his finger on the trigger. Hold on, hold on. Things changed on me. With his finger on the trigger and pointed at my father's chest and asked, Am I doing this right? Oh, my goodness. Sergeant Chance. Oh, my heavens. My, it reminds me of uh, Heartbreak Ridge. My, remember that scene in Heartbreak Ridge? Oh, never mind. You've probably never even seen the film. My father said his life flashed before his eyes. I can imagine it would. Holy smokes. Before he smacked the private and gave him a verbal lashing. Yay and amen. Holy smokes. That's scary. There is a scene in Heartbreak Ridge where Gunny Highway was, trying to, was on the firing range, and, and, uh, and one of the Marines basically did the same thing. Almost shot the commanding officer. It was an entertaining scene anyway, but horribly uh, crazy. My, gr- my, per- my grandfather, Christopher, uh, was in the Army in Korea, <clears throat> and he was wounded, not in combat, but in a training exercise. He was assisting the loading of a bazooka, and the, the guy firing the bazooka fired it before my grandfather was cleared, so he fired it too soon. And as a result, my grandfather was medevac to Japan uh, to recover. He, um, he, he received, among uh, his other injuries, was his hearing was uh, permanently damaged for the rest of his life. Uh, Kim Sunderman said, um, prayers for Alec Baldwin. He needs a major conversion. Maybe he will change his ways now. Yay. Lord Yay, have mercy amen. on us sinners. His brother Steve Baldwin is an awesome believer in Jesus. Yeah, there you amen go. to that. I actually don't know who either of those people are, to be honest. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, he is the guy in the original Thomas the Train. Come now. Mm. Well, not the original. He was, uh, what's his name? Uh, no um, idea which one. The about. comedian, the, the very vulgar comedian who died. He was the first guy no who idea. did Thomas the Train. Alec did the movie. Thomas the Train, and he also narrated several several television shows. Well, way back in the day, my roommates yesterday were trying to show me Humphrey old, October, uh, dude. old music from, I guess, our childhood. Yeah, because uh, we're the same age. Yeah, and I knew not a single one of the songs that they were showing, not even one. Mm-hmm. The only ones I recognized were like from the movie Shrek because I saw that, <laughs> and uh, and so the music that was in there I recognized. But other than that, I was like. I have no idea what this is. He was yeah. like, you've never heard of Blink-183? And I was 182, like, by oh, 182? I was close. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, I have, I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. I have no idea what you're talking about. And he was showing me all this music. And I did not realize, mm-hmm. like, everything makes sense now. Like, it was so degenerate, the music back then. Like, the, uh, he was showing me um, the Spice Girls from, uh, I guess that was the early 90s. Oh, man. And Talk holy about moly. Total cringe factor. There is a scene in the music video where the Spice Girls goes over to a priest in a cassock and a Beretta. And he, like, takes off the Beretta and throws it off and is, like, dancing around the priest. And I was like, hold, like, what on earth? I was so shook. I was like, yeah. how on and it also blows my mind that that whenever Hollywood portrays the Catholic Church, they always have to portray them, you know, in a cassock with Beretta, and uh, they they show the full grandeur of the church whenever they're showing the church, even if they're mocking the church. Yeah, uh, you never see uh, Father uh, with his suit or Father with mm-hmm. um, in a T-shirt and shorts. It's a uh, Father in a cassock with a Beretta. Um, but uh, that was I found I was like very scandalized. I was like I cannot believe, and also it makes sense how like why women dressed the way they did in the 90s early 2000s because they were shoving that in your in the in the faces of women like this is the cool it's cool and i was kind of i was blown away i was like i thank you mom and dad for not letting me watch that so there you go 
<laughs> thank you. See, thank thank a parent today for for being uh, strict and. Uh, Protecting you from the insanity of the Lori world. Lori said, Link 183, LOL, LOL, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, your parents, for uh, live, helping you live under a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay and amen. <laughs> uh, helicopter parents all the way, man. Praise be to I'm God. I'm more familiar with my father's generation of music than my own. I'm with you, Adrian. Yep. Yep, yep. That was there uh, you go. Christopher Chance that said that, right? Yeah, that's Chris. Um, you know, <sighs> real quick before we move on, I just, I've said this in behind the scenes, but... I don't know if I ever talked about it on the radio, but you know the scariest thing I did in the Marine Corps? Um, I got to fire a lot of really cool weapons, grenade launchers, uh, crew-fed machine guns, you know, uh, rocket launchers. All that stuff was fun. The scariest thing I'd ever did. Throwing grenades. Throwing grenades. By far, the most frightening thing was throwing a grenade. And I had to throw several <clears throat> Now, I mean, I'd rather go to the gas chamber again, and I've been to the gas chamber several times too. But throwing a grenade scared the the snot out of my face more than than uh, than the tear gas ever did. I don't know. How, I don't know, buddy. Did you, did you feel that way? Was throwing grenades scary to you? I know you served in the Corps. You know, I'd, I'd love to know. It's crazy though, because me and me and Josh, my roommate, uh, we were talking about grenades. We were watching videos on uh, the military's trying to roll out a new grenade. And one of the points that they were making about why they need a new grenade is because they said, because the grenades now have a timer of three to four seconds. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, is it three seconds <laughs> or is, or it, is four? it four seconds? Yes. How many <laughs> time do I have? Uh-huh. Sure. Why not? Just, and it's like, <laughs> hey, just wait three. And if it doesn't go off, well, there, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, so they need to have something to make it more precise <laughs> yeah. and not like, this is a, this is an explosive device right. that's going to like kill everyone around it. Yeah. Like, why is it three to four seconds? Up to 15 yards. I yeah. mean, wild. Absolutely the earth, wild. The earth shook i mean undulated undulated yeah i was so nervous throwing those grenades i mean I, I, and we were in a bunker so you had to throw up over a wall and my worst nightmare was that i would hit the top of the wall and it would bounce back yikes oh my god <laughs> you know i was just like oh my goodness lord uh buddy says he loved it oh man <laughs> i was all freaked out different breed yeah i guess man i was all freaked out you know of course i grew up watching like uh sergeant york and and uh john wayne and you know films like that you know uh of course uh, the the world war ii films where you, you, they threw a grenade in your in your foxhole you picked it up and you threw it back well, when I first put my hand on a real grenade, boy, my tune changed pretty quick. <laughs> I was pretty nervous about no that. No bueno. No bueno. At so, any rate. I think I probably would, if I, I kind of want to throw a grenade, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, the experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not do it, but, whew, man, very nerve-wracking. It's kind of like when you have an M80 in your hands at, uh, and you're, you're lighting it up and you're thinking, I probably should get rid of this thing as fast as possible. <laughs> It's a little like that, but just uh, times one thousand. My uh, my dad one time when he was younger, he uh, he was he would light the black hats in his hand and throw them, and he lit the black hat and then threw the lighter, and it blew in the black and the black hat blew up in his hand. There you really? go, folks. Yep. Yeah, I've had that hurts, man. I've had black hats go off in my hands too. It hurts so bad. Yeah, stings for. Here's some advice: um, don't do that. <laughs> just. <laughs> 
whatever. Just some, I mean, what's next, Adrian? Just for, some advice. First, see how it starts with you. It's so it starts with don't hold a black cat in your hand when mm-hmm. it goes off. And next, next is going to say next don't thing throw you know, a grenade at yourself. No, the next thing is going to be like you're going to say. Also, don't appoint Jeffrey Sachs to the Pontifical Academy of Sciences. Like, see how that one leads to the other. Me and my friends Complete were debating. Slippery slope. Uh, we're de- we're uh, having a debate yesterday about uh, about the canonizations of some of the newer saints and how like they, the these newer saints might like they're definitely like they seem to be holy people. They seem to be in heaven, but they're not exactly like as heroically virtuous as some of the past saints. And so we were talking about this. And uh, someone goes, uh, my friend Thomas goes, um, should, we should just uh, ha- have the Pope pass everything through you first, huh? And I was like, yeah, that'd be nice. I'm glad you thought of it. Uh, so I, there you go, folks. I think uh, Rome is going to start uh, passing all their decisions through me. Uh, so <laughs> if you have any, any complaints about what's going on in the Vatican, feel free to bring them to me. <clears throat> Could you imagine like how many complaints you would actually get? Oh, so bad. <laughs> so bad. I would not wanted that job. That's I'm, for I'll sure. Move, move out of here. I, I mean, if I were the Pope, I would appoint someone to that task. I mean, it's this way I wouldn't have to deal with it, but honestly, golly gee whiz. Could you imagine how many complaints show up? Probably overwhelming numbers. It's gotta be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm nonetheless. I am still bothered by the fact that Jeffrey Sachs gets a, a seat at the table, the Pontifical Academy of Sciences. Uh, just, Mary Barone said, "I often reflect on the wheat growing with the weeds when I see inappropriate behaviors." I get it, Adrian. I wish I was sheltered as a child too. Uh, Kim said, "Amen to that, Joe." No, Jeffrey Sachs. Uh, don't worry. Just bring your concerns to me. I'll let the Holy Father know that he's not supposed to, supposed to be doing that. Uh, Buddy said, "Adrian, join the Maury's. What's a Maury? That's a Maury. What's a Maury? Saying join. The- oh, Marines. Oh, the Marines. Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought it was like a nickname for a branch of the military. <clears throat> Maybe so, we should we send Adrian to boot camp. That's a great idea, buddy. Uh, well. uh, maybe I can call their like their PR department and say, "Hey, I want to send my producer to do a uh, to do an expose on the uh, on the Marine Corps boot camp. Can we send him to boot camp for a couple of weeks and mm. have him film his experience there, vlog his experience from Marine Corps boot camp?" Yeah, I'm sure they would love that. I bet I could arrange that. I uh, love I love boot camp. It yeah. it was like I well I never you went to boot camp. No, <laughs> I've never gone to military boot camp, but I did a uh, Catholic uh, fitness boot camp for about two years. Did they scream at you there too? And it changed my life. It was yeah. honestly one of the best experiences I've ever had. And the um, my trainer was one of the best persons I have ever met. And he, to to this day, he's still my my friend. Um, great, great man. Doesn't he's quite a sound like the same 70, kind of 74 year old man who, uh, yeah, he was great. I loved him. Did he, uh, did he force you to wear your Kevlar and smack the guy next to you for a half hour once? <laughs> uh, no. no. Mm. <laughs> did he throw your footlocker down the uh, entire squad bay and then, and then, uh, no, like not let you go get it <laughs> until it was like the middle of the night? No, it was a, ca- <clears throat> it was a Catholic fitness group and, Sounds uh, very similar. We would run 5Ks and, uh, do like, yeah, everything before like 7 a.m. So, waking up at five to go work out and five five k i would run i would literally i had a fitbit at the time and i would get in my 10k um steps in before 6 a.m every morning that's awesome (laughs) yeah yeah praise be to god boot camp i think is uh i mean i'm talking about military boot camp yeah i I know that's a different thing (laughs) i i feel like most men ought to go whether or not they ever serve in the military i think is a different question 
but I you think, can go to boot camp and not serve. Um, well, for instance, I went to before I went to Marine Corps boot camp. I went to uh, United States Navy boot camp up in Great Lakes as a as a teenager. I also went to Air Force uh, uh, boot camp at uh, Lackland Air Force Base as a teenager. All that before I went to Marine Corps boot camp at San Diego. So I had those experiences, and I could have never served, and I would have still had that experience. Uh, it's priceless. I think it teaches you so much about yourself. You know, like I think Janice, you can appreciate how you were pushed beyond your your comfort yeah, zone, I loved and it. You, know, you found mm-hmm. you found out that you're capable of things you didn't know, mm-hmm. and I think and I that's think, very valuable. And I think also the other thing that I valued from that group was the community and the uh, relationships that were being built. Yeah. And um, at least for me, it was like a sense of like like love and community where it wasn't, they weren't just pushing you just to push you for the sake of pushing you, but they were like loving you and instructing you and they were building relationships with you. I want to go to that boot camp. Yeah. Hey Joe, can I go to that one instead? <laughs> yeah, you can go to that one instead. Mike over on Odyssey says my company commander was never my friend. <laughs> yeah, He prepared me for the military, but we were not going to have coffee together. You know, it's funny about that, Mike, to me and buddy, maybe you can appreciate this. <clears throat> Uh, so three months of Marine Corps boot camp, three months of torture, three months of intense psychological warfare on your mind. Uh, and you graduate, you earn the title, and then the next thing you know, you're having a beer with your drill instructors at the, at the pub. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like for three months, you were my, mo- my sworn enemy, you know, and, na- sworn and now all of a sudden we're just friends. Now we're, we're just hanging out. We're drinking a beer. We're just pretending as though that, n- that never happened. Like it felt completely strange and odd and just weird. I- it was just the weirdest experience for me. I'll never forget as a, <laughs> as a series, co- as a series honor man and a company honor man and boot camp, my senior drill instructor sent me off to the trials he shook my hand. It was like bizarre. It was like looking at the uh, the emperor of Japan in the eye. You know, it's just things you don't ever do. Uh, just the most bizarre behavior. Military is that way, though. Uh, Tammy said that would be awesome. Send Adrian to boot camp. I agree. I think I, could I agree. Sur- I think I could survive boot camp pretty pretty well. Yes, uh, buddy. Uh, I did get called into the duty hut, and he had on his rack there in front of him like uh, Oreos and Pop Tarts and junk food. And he's like, "Hey, McLean, hey, hey, you want some? Huh? You want one? Just have one. Just take one." And I'm and oh I'm smart. I was smarter than that because the the guy in, the guy before me that got called in when he uh, he apparently decided to partake, and all you could hear was the uh, the slamming. Of his body against the walls, and the, the the duty hut shaking, and then the door flying open, and then he comes flying across the room, slamming into the bulkhead of the far side of the room. <laughs> it was so hilarious. So I knew better than that. <clears throat> I just said, "No, sir. No, sir. Sir, no, sir. Sir, no, sir." Box, you had ever cover yourself in sand? Oh, yeah, I got go. covered in sand quite a bit. Yikes! Uh, sand all, is all horrible. in favor of everywhere. sending Adrian to boot camp. Say aye. I think eyes have it. I didn't hear anybody. Uh, Don. Don said, Joe, I agree. I did U.S. Navy. Lori uh, said, hashtag sent agent to boot camp. (laughs) Lori's in favor. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Praise be to God. Why are you trying to get rid of me? Let's see. Who can I call? I can call the general back and say, hey, can we we make an arrangement to have... Don said, I... Adrian, as if you wouldn't have a good time shooting guns, rappelling down walls, uh, being tortured for a couple of weeks, screamed at... Um, standing only, guard duty in the middle of the night. I, only if I get to go to the Air Force boot camp. <laughs> I 
<laughs> so you want Starbucks? You want to like wake up at the crack of noon? I mean, that sounds pretty nice. You get to walk your mile. You don't even have to run it. <laughs> this is sad. This Although I will this say this, more more I will idea. say this: the the obstacle course at Lackland Air Force Base was so cool. It was like a playground for for grownups. It was very cool. It's in. It's in. It was at least when I went. It was like in a wooded area, so it was like going through the trees. It was like being in the uh, Swiss Family Robinson house. It was so cool. The Marine Corps obstacle course was out in the middle of a field. It was. Uh, it was less fun and less interesting for sure, and frightening because of, of the height situation. Mary Barone said, "No boot camp for Adrian. Send him to seminary." There you go. Oh, that's cute. There you go. That's we, cute. We, but we, what if Mary we tried that? What if we sent him to a seminary of like. Uh, of uh, Crusader Knights, where they have their own boot camp. Would, would that be okay? I would go in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. What that if existed. they made a seminary that had boot camp? Yeah! That's, that's, that's the uh, <laughs> that's military diocese. How do we get this done? How do we get this done? You contact the military diocese. Yes. But I, I think agree. you have to actually go through a regular seminary and then transfer to the military diocese. Uh, our friend Doug Berry actually did attempt to put a, a Catholic boot camp together. He had a property in Nebraska, but the deal fell through, unfortunately, and he had to abandon the project. But I had great hopes that he would pull that together. It sounded very promising. A, uh, a Catholic boot camp with a lot of military overtones. But it Eric said out. he would go to a Catholic boot camp, but if there's no 4 a.m. Latin Mass, he's out. He's out. He's 5,000. All right. There you go. That's going to do it for today. Praise be to God. I have no idea who's coming on the show tomorrow because the, I see a blank spot there. So we'll see. You'll have to tune in. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. For Catholic Drive Time, do us a favor and share us with a friend. We'd be grateful. Praise be to God. Otherwise, uh, Charles Fraun is going to be on Friday to talk about Halloween. Make Halloween Catholic again. Pass the hashtag around. We'll see you then. God bless you.